Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, it's, what? You don't like that? No. <laughs> no, I like it. It's hello and welcome okay. back into the Long Shop Sorry, podcast. sorry. We'll keep that in. We'll keep that in. It's part of the process. Hello and welcome to the uh, this portion of the podcast. The, fo- the follow through. The follow through. Um, and then you can if, put your hand If up you're and- disappointed right now hearing my voice, I do not blame you. I'm back uh, to this little segment of the podcast just because I'm still here. Um, and yeah, I don't know what this is, but I'm excited to be here again. <laughs> yeah, Mo has extended his stay yeah. here in Miami. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday. I think, you're, I hope you're, are you leaving tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm finally out of here. <laughs> right. No, just kidding. It's been great having you here. Uh, the city of Miami as a whole has benefited from your presence, uh, myself included. But no, it's great to have you here. You know, we were, uh, we did the interview with you yesterday. And then we were just sitting here kicking around. We're like, you know, we have a follow through to do. Yeah. yeah. And then we're like, why would we not include? We got changed, and now we're sitting here again. <laughs> <laughs> why would we not include Moritz Wagner uh, for this portion as well? You know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit less about you because, quite frankly, this isn't about you. It's this also not that interesting. Yeah, this is about the community. Yeah. This is about Duncan. Uh, it's about Duncan. Yeah. It is about Duncan. No, no, it's about us. It's about us. No, so it's fun because it, essentially every week the idea is that we interview a guest on Thursday and then Friday we get to just interview Duncan. And this is honestly way more enjoyable to just ask Duncan questions, you know, about his life. And well, I don't really want to make this about me as much as it is about us just You just have to say that. Friends shooting the shit, having he a good time. He's like, ask you know? me all of the Smart questions. Smart move. <laughs> is there anything you want to talk about, Davis? Yeah, well, so we should be transparent that for those of you that have been listening to The Long Shot since its inception, this will not be news to you, but we like to lock in before the playoffs. Sure. Go zero dark 30. I actually, I, I don't call it zero dark 30. Do you have a term for it? I don't. Um, if I did, I... I think, it would, well, what does a 30 stand for in Zero Dark 30? 30 minutes. We should ask LeBron that. I have no 30 idea. days in a, in a month. This is probably my job as the computer guy. Um, but no, I, I think. You should post a picture on Instagram. It would be. Just saying. Uh, zero Dark 55. Ooh, I like that. Um, zero Dark 30 is military slang used across the services by British and American soldiers to describe a time after darkness has fallen. Zero just, Dark 30 is nighttime. It's a little dramatic, but uh, I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. so zero dark fifty five doesn't really make any sense. It's also not nighttime. The playoffs aren't nighttime. No. If anything, you're wide awake. Uh, but anyway. nonetheless, we we will not be doing this podcast, continuing this podcast right. throughout uh, the first round of the playoffs. The first round, yeah. at least of the playoffs, we might be popping back in here and there for maybe a a series recap updates if uh, time permits and allows, which yep. should be interesting. We kind of did that. Uh, well, actually. 
Did we do that last year? No, we it was only that. one series. Does yeah, the long shot pod have the off season, or you just go all year no, round? No, there is no off season. No off season. Well, playoffs we is our. Running. We take a quick break. This is kind of like our podcast. What's well, your season. break? True. Yeah. True. We you, took a little hiatus in the fall as well. Yeah, but it wasn't planned. Yeah, that was just more of just kind of yeah. you know step away from the pod. Anyway, the so boycott. because because this is our last touch point before we lock in for the playoffs, I would like to talk a little bit about. Sure. Let's Just getting it. ready for the playoffs. Yeah, let's talk. Miami Heat are the one seed. Yes, we are. So you guys have had a week off. Yeah. Right? Between your final game in Orlando, which we were all together for. Yes, we were. And let's now the playoffs. Out. So what does it look like? What does this week look like getting ready for Sunday? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's a kind of a weird situation to be in, right? Because we don't know who we're playing. We now have a better feel of who we're playing. Uh, it's one of two teams. At this point, it's either the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, two teams that honestly play pretty different, have some similarities, so there's like some kind of crossovers that you can do in preparation. But really, you know, it's, it's about the Miami Heat. It's about getting better. Uh, it's about competing. Iron sharpening iron, I believe, is the old adage. I believe that's a biblical adage. I might be wrong on that. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, practices and stuff have been good. Uh, we've been getting after it. It's interesting because during the year, and I don't know how it is in Orlando, but like we don't go live a lot in practice. Yeah, I was going to ask that question actually because I'm new to the new playoff thing. And I'm wondering, like, I've never been in the playoffs ever in any scenario. So to me, I wonder, like, how different are practices, meetings? Do you, do you like, see a change in coaching or yeah. mentality of the coaches how much more detail goes into these things look at this guy just stepping right into no, this interview beautiful. no i think it's Seamless. very interesting Let's those are it. questions i never get to ask duncan and like on a personal level because yeah. we have so much other bullshit to talk about so true here's your platform so yeah. here's my platform to just go yeah. fire um i mean there's definitely increased focus right and i think that the nba is tricky because you play so many games and you're really only able to take away like one or two things from each game and like try to address it and move on. If you get caught up like really unpacking every single game, you're losing out on preparation for the next game. But with a playoff series, each game requires adjustments and each game requires a different approach in a sense too because very seldomly are you going to be able to beat a good team, especially if you're playing a good team, twice the same way, right? Like so say some game we hit a bunch of shots from out, you know, from three, whatever, we hit 18 threes, 20 threes. We can't rely on us doing that the next game as well. So the adjustments have to fall in like, all right, well, yes, we did that well this time, but we can't just count on us doing that again. Or for example, like preparation on how to slow down a really good guard or a really good big. Okay, we gave them one look in game one. It like proved to kind of be effective. If we just keep giving them a steady diet of that same look over and over again, a good player, and there's a lot of them playing in the playoffs, are eventually going to adjust and figure out a way to you know, attack that. So there is definitely an increase in preparation for sure. I think the details, like the substitution patterns, like there's a playoff prep, there's an approach around like we get super specific on like, this is the menu that we need offensively. This yeah. is what we it needs this to look like. This many threes, take yes. this away. And honestly, to the point where like in the past, we haven't gotten into this level of you know, being thorough at this point, but like in the past, we've talked about like we need this many shot attempts. We need this many drives. We need this person you know, to be, you know, take this many threes or get this many paint attacks, like that level of detail. So everybody's on the exact same page of like, this is how we win this game. So 
going along those lines, sorry to just take your spot here, interrupt me, but um, how much do the games that you played against that team in the regular, the regular season, season matter? Because I remember last year there was this thing with the Milwaukee Bucks that they would just keep winning the regular season out 60 games and then they would struggle in the playoffs eventually. And then last year was the first year where they tried to switch things up and against potential matchups in the playoffs, they would like change lineups differently and try stuff out saying, okay, we might sacrifice this game, but it's almost like a preparation for the playoffs already. If we play the heat again, we're prepared for that. How much does that really matter? Or is that different from TV? No, that's... You're bringing it today, Morris. Fire. Uh, no, well, it's, it's just very curious. It's because pretty good stuff. No, and, and that's honestly why you're you're doing so well because it's coming from a genuine place, <laughs> which I appreciate. Um, which you know, quite honestly, I don't get a lot of you know genuine from me? takes from you. Uh, you know, there's a lot of sarcasm in that's our relationship. There's a lot of back and forth, which <laughs> that is, goes uh, both ways. I so. love, yeah, for sure, all the way. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the regular season matchups tell a story, but they don't encapsulate the entire T of the story. Uh, so maybe they, they're a chapter of the story, I guess you could say. Great analogy. Um, but, you know, for example, I'll, I'll use Cleveland for an example. Like, we learned things playing against Cleveland. They put it on us twice at least. Maybe actually, no, I think we only played them three times. They put it on us twice, and we had a really difficult time scoring against them. So that tells us a story of like, look, if we just come in with into this series against them say we're playing them i don't know who we're playing but with that same approach offensively we're going to run into the same problems especially if someone like jared allen's back in the lineup because they do a really good job of protecting the paint so we have to be more creative around how we're going to attack so i think it tells it, it can like provide you some level of context clues but at the same time nobody knows how a series is going to unfold nobody knows the dynamics of what game one to two are going to look like or three to four like things change rapidly throughout a, a series and a lot of times it, it becomes what staff and, and what team is willing to buy into these adjustments because they happen so quickly. And we always talk about like, we've been trying to build habits all year. So like blitzing, for example, we might blitz ball screens, you know, whatever, uh, 10 times a game, 12 times a game, which is out of, you know, 90 to 100 possessions. That's not a lot, but we work on it almost every day and walk through practice and whatever because in a playoff series if there's a if there's a stretch in a game where we need to blitz a guard to get the ball out of his hands we have to have those habits instilled because you that's not something you can just turn on is there anything though that you're like i you hear in the nfl all the time like teams are you know hiding not hiding plays but like they aren't showing their full arsenal so i understand that you want to rep things out so that you have some familiarity but is there looks is there schemes things that you're not showing completely until the playoffs or is that is it there always has to be some I would know, I would say so right you guys are a pretty a X's and O's heavy team I would yeah. say so that certain plays you not pulling out in the first series if you think you having something successful going on yeah you know that's actually interesting and I'm not going to disclose like too much here but like maybe in terms of like this one is is unique because we didn't necessarily know who we were going to play in the first round. But like if you're playing a team late in the season and then there's a potential for you to also line up in a playoff matchup, then maybe you don't like pull all your cards. I don't, you know, in this case, it didn't necessarily line up that way. I guess Atlanta, 
um, potentially, but like that was also kind of a different circumstance. But yeah, I mean, a little bit. I, I guess there is some some kind of uh, wiggle room there, and that that could be something that you do. But uh, it's not something that we've like consciously talked about. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, speaking of the play-in, how awesome have those games been? I mean, that and the rule change about being able to uh, flop on threes and shots and draw fouls on shots are the two best things the NBA has done in the last ten years, in my opinion. <laughs> Just the playing game, like, this week got me hyped. Yeah. These games matter, and it's just one game. Like, it's amazing to me. The uh, And I know there's been some polarizing takes on the Minnesota stuff. Yeah. But I actually, oh, wow. you know, our, our co-worker of sorts, uh, J.J. Redick, I thought actually had a, a great take in terms of those guys care. The city cares. That okay. matter. It means a lot. And there's also the interesting side of that, too, is – I feel like this is an antiquated take and something that I think is just stupid, but some people are like, oh, well, NBA players don't care enough. Uh, you know, they're just out there going through the motions. No one plays defense, which is obviously not true for anyone that's actually like been close enough to an NBA game to like feel really a part of it. But those guys cared, and, and we spent all this time talking about how NBA don't care, and now they're getting shade and people are coming at them for caring, quote-unquote, too much. It's like, all right, well... Clearly, you can't win if that's the case. I want to talk about that woman that glued her wrists. Sort of. <laughs> that was my yeah, takeaway from that game. What's your take? Did How that, creative is that? Wait, what that happened? Was, that she was, ran on the floor. It was a protest of, protest of some sort. They didn't show it because they never do. But she ran on the court and glued her wrists to the ground. That tried, must have been some, tried to. some tried fast to. acting glue. Well, well it didn't work. It was successful. But she would resist taking the arms off. Wow. Yeah. And it took a while to get it glue off the ground. I what guess. was the protest? I think it was Ukraine. I don't know. Yeah. We couldn't see it. I mean, well, they do a good job of like not showing it. I think it was a real momentum shifter for the city of Minnesota. Yeah, though. It worked out for me. Really? Yeah. I, I, I missed. I, I mean, they I won the game. Like, maybe she they, deserves a little credit. Maybe they send her out. Let go it. Yeah. Go out there. We need some momentum here. <laughs> Stop the game. We don't have no timeouts. Yeah, so. Clippers going on a run. Glue yourself to the ground real quick. <laughs> um, I do think I do think the play-in was a, an awesome move by the nba i think last year there was some voicing out against it because of i think people like early on as like seven and eight seeds are like well this is unfair but once it becomes like the new normal i think everybody is able to get on board of like, also if you're the ninth seed you're like happy so yeah. that's how sports goes right here is the one downside i think is that you guys get penalized for being the that's one great seed. point great point I mean, kind of. You don't. You're now three days away from your first okay, but, game, and you don't but know. But David, who you're how much you going to prepare for? Like, what? yeah, I mean, like, yes and no. I, look, here's the other side of that too: is that we have the advantage of now we're at the point like we practiced today. This is today's Thursday. We practiced today, and we knew it was either going to be Atlanta or Cleveland. Yeah. And honestly, at this point, we're not even really doing that much scout specific stuff. We're more like kind of like themes of like guards that have the ball in their hands a lot Darius Garland Trey Young like both those guys there's like there's carry over there and the other side of it is think of the video coordinating coordinators and coaching staff of those two teams they're trying to get ready for a winner take all single game the last thing they're thinking about right now is the Miami Heat like they're just trying to extend their season two more days and, and get to the first round of the playoffs so yes I guess you could say we're at a little bit of a dis- disadvantage but at the same time it's like 
you'll take that advantage yeah. disadvantage at your house in miami you know you you at the crib you you chilling for a week yeah, working true. out getting healthy all that stuff and not to mention buys your time too right they just went through the ring i mean they played yeah they'll have played true. by the time we play uh, you know finish the game on sunday they'll play three games and whatever it is five days yeah uh, your whole week six days yeah so and whereas we've been you know been able to rest and so we've we've been afforded advantages as well I, it's not as i i kind of hear what you're saying but like i actually like this idea of like all we have to do is just win game one like all we're trying to do right now is prepare for game one that's what this week is about do we have enough to win game one and if we're able to wrap a mind around that then the adjustments come game two game three so on and so forth um but anyways just all about game one Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yep, that makes sense. All right, you have any other playoff questions? I want to pivot. Did you hear... Talking to the mic, please. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about we that. Need to be better I'm an amateur. At, oh. We need to be better at that ourselves. You're looking at two professionals. Guys. This is not a hobby, fellas. Where? This is not a hobby. <laughs> We're the professionals. <laughs> Look at this. Place, oh, Can't make this up. Um, did you hear Jeff Van Gundy slandering your No, you name? told me about it. And I didn't appreciate that, Jeff. I hope you know. What, you what haven't did, heard the clip? No, no, no. So Duncan got a block. This was like two-ish, a week or two ago. When we played the Celtics in Boston. You blocked somebody? Yeah, I blocked Jalen Brown. Yeah. That one. Came like, over from the weak side. Easy Unsuspecting money. offensive player. It was it's like, like basically what Robert Williams yeah. does for them. Yeah. yeah. It was it was, it was Yeah. It was Bam out of Io-esque. <laughs> it really, it honestly was. Well, no, so, it wasn't. Jeff, he, he didn't even know I was there. And I just, I got a hand on it. Right. Block is a block. First so much of defense is being in the right place. Yeah, you're right in the time. right place to make the play. Thanks, man. Anyway, Van Gundy went on this spiel about how it's unacceptable to get blocked by a guy like Duncan. You should be. You should go into like a penalty box. And and so they spent. I'm not kidding. They spent. That's theatrics. That's performance. No, of course. I mean, he's a great. He they does spent, a great job. With no, that, they no. spent three minutes on it. Didn't you say they came back went from to commercial, commercial break? Came back. <laughs> And had a list. They had a list. That's of guys. the point that's disparaging. That you're gonna come back right. after commercial and just still bring it up. Yeah, that's amazing. Unsolicited. That, they had a list is... of guys they read off that he had blocked this year. It was like Alex Caruso, and then Van Gundy would be like Caruso. I was like, I can't believe how Alex Caruso. It was just the game it, must have been very boring if that's what they were talking. It about. It wasn't though. It was a good game. It was a good game. Yeah, you guys really wanted. We played ourselves, I think, so I didn't watch it. Yeah. I just watched Max Cruz locking up in the last four minutes. I think they went in it like yeah. every possession. He got yeah. he got yeah, stopped after stop. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, I mean, 
What were some of the other names? Alex Caruso. Oh, no, I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you block? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know those. But, but my, LeBron. My question, yeah, Anthony sure. David. LeBron, Kevin Durant. Anthony Kevin Edwards, Durant. John Morant. Yeah. My question for you guys is, does that mean anything? Like, is, Do you just look at that and you're like, that's just theatrics? Or is part of you like, what the hell? I mean, I think any time somebody that has a platform has yeah, your name sure. in their mouth, it, you like I heard about it from you. That was like one of the first things you said to me after the game. Yeah, because it so the, um, mostly because you wanted to like kind of repurpose it for podcast content, and I think I course. vetoed it at that point. That's how I think. And now it's somehow made its way yeah. onto the podcast, which is not surprising. At I all. think you can limit your intake on those things. for sure. Absolutely, like, no Twitter. I don't have Twitter on my. Phone. I don't even yeah. know my password anymore. Yeah. So if I'm active on Twitter, that's not me. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. No Instagram. Who you follow? But I will say, last year I was watching a game. And it was the Celtics, and I had just been traded there for Daniel Tice. And I think I texted you. Yes, you did. Yes. And Jeff Van Gundy was that he was like blown away by that trade, how they could make that trade. And you're in a weird situation because you're trying to like, I don't know, work the group a little bit, like include yourself into the team chemistry late in yeah. the year in a playoff team. And then you hear Jeff Van Gundy like how he can't believe they made that trade for Mo Wagner because, <laughs> and that is a little weird. But I mean. I it's also like not your fault. So what's you supposed to do? I would be interested to ask those guys because obviously, I mean, those guys are they are really good at what they do. But I do think that there is something that comes with when you're in any profession or any hobby, whatever, for so long, and you're like so entrenched in what you're doing that I can imagine because I've done this in in a different sense, in a different kind of avenue arena of like you lose perspective sometimes over like what it is you're for sure. saying for sure and so like the significance too i i always try to give people the benefit of the doubt on this stuff like i understand i don't think that he's coming from like a yeah, harmful place first off second off I, and I know i've said this a bunch is like that's part of what comes with the territory as entertainers because that's what we are we're entertainers and we. yeah i mean also yeah, it's funny like yeah, exactly. We're talking about it for a reason. It's hilarious. 100%. It's true. I'm sure, people, I'm sure people at home are like kind of chuckling and slapping their knee like, yeah, Jeff Van Gundy really just a got zinger. a nice nice jab in at Duncan Robinson. All right, well, here's the thing. You are 6'7", yeah. soaking wet. When you wake up, you're maybe 6'8". Yeah, Don't you sure. wake up a little taller? Yeah, you do, especially if you're well-adjusted. If you have a, a chiropractor that you see frequently, right. I, can, I can add a half an inch or two. It's, it's true. And you, you have a plus wingspan. Yeah, I do. So let's not act like it's shocking that you can, uh, can block somebody. I actually dug into the numbers a little bit. You crunch some numbers. Crunch some numbers. Leave it to Dave. So we can go per game or totals. Per game, you have as many blocks as Donovan Mitchell. How about that, huh? More than Chetty Osman. <laughs> All right. More than Keldon Johnson. That one's surprising. Right? Yeah. Interesting. To on the season, More than Keldon Johnson. Yes. He's just always trying to paint me in a positive Well, here's picture. the thing. And like, I just appreciate that. Here's the thing, Jeff. If we're going to slander my co-host for blocking somebody, yeah. like, let's acknowledge that this isn't shocking. Yeah, well, I've seen him block When's the last time we so. slandered Donovan Mitchell for blocking somebody? That's true. Or, or, if, if Donovan Mitchell or Keldon Johnson got a block in a game, Thank there's you. no way that that diatribe that he went on would ensue afterwards. Even Chetty Osman. Yeah. Did you use... Not a race thing. Yeah, I was going to say, is that why you yeah, mixed in Chetty? Wasn't Chetty Osman also hurt for a long time this year? No, but he said per game. But this is per game. Oh, my so bad. So now totals, if we're going to look at totals, because then you have to 
think about games played. But I, what I did is I looked at totals and guys who were in the same general range of games. You have more blocks than Malik Beasley. Wow. You have more blocks than Moritz Wagner. I knew that was gonna. That's not. I have like twelve. Unbelievable. He's got fourteen. This is a lot of research. Did you write a dissertation on this, or what? I was fired up. I love that. You're not gonna come at my co-host like this. I appreciate. All right, I'll take charges though. So that counts for blocks. All right, fair enough. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It's the same thing, and they get a. It's actually not the same thing. I mean, I I do admit that a charge is the best turnover to force. Actually, that actually could be disputed also because it's a dead ball turnover. My thing is. If you, the block itself, okay, this is about to be a hot take. And this is such, I already know where this I know is where you're going. going to. And it's such a biased take because you're not a shot block. Right. But 100%. Continue. We talked about this yesterday. However, I do think that the block itself is one of the most overrated stats in basketball. That sounds stupid because I don't block a lot. But I will say that just contesting shots and changing shots matters way more. The best shot blocker in the league averages 2.1, 2.3 blocks a game. That is not an ast- astonishing number. Yeah. The, the way he controls or manipulates the shots, that's more impressive, I think. Sometimes you don't even get the ball for blocking a shot. It's just like a rebound. But could you, could you argue that blocked shots per game suggests also, like if you, if you were blocking a lot of shots per game, that would also suggest that you're – a good rim protector in general 100 percent. well right. not necessarily i mean what if you're such a rim protector that guys aren't even going at you as much therefore you have less block shots well there's still going to be attempts in the paint davis what i mean like, yeah i mean you're saying that people fear you i mean i i, yeah, I will say okay if you're clogging someone lane, like rudy gobert that's sure that you guys like, aren't going to go ahead have to much. scheme for and scheme around do you guys like, know who's leading the league in blocks per game i do know that wait let me guess go i don't know but i'm i'm gonna guess it, there's three guys who are over two a game rudy gobert's one of them but he's third bob williams robert williams second rob wait wait I, um jaron jackson jaron jackson is jaron jackson they're great. all right jaron jackson 2.3 that was pretty good that robert williams 2.2 rudy gobert 2.1 it's like one of the first players with like or yeah. one of 20 players in nba history with 100 and 100 100 threes and 100 blocks something like that wow yeah, I mean, I've had this discussion with myself a lot. I will say, <laughs> do you that- have that out loud when you have this, or just in your head? Well, I talked to Franz about it too because he's obviously a wing defender, no, a pretty good one too. Yeah, yes. And he will. He does. We talk about the defensive player of the year award, and he said something very interesting to me the other day. It's kind of messed up that I talk about what he said now without him being able to defend himself. But he said that it's way easier to win a defensive player of the year award as a big guy that as a guard and wing, because you're always in the action. And players like Rudy Gobert, without taking any credit away, obviously, but that guy will, because he's such a good rim protector, will always be in the paint. Yeah. Where Mikael Bridges is working his butt off all game, but sometimes they just make plays, or you get screened. And the impact is not, I don't know, evaluated by stats as much, I guess. So I think that does make a difference and when you look at de- defense right like Rudy Bear all he does is in the paint yeah. that's well bad. he I mean in fairness to Rudy he does it no 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 I'm really not saying well. that in a negative I, I way I do agree that a lot of the next level defensive metrics favor big men I think that's, 100% I don't even know if that's like can be disputed but I also think that it is time for the defensive player of the year award to be rewarded to a guard or a wing 
mostly because it's such a guard and wing oriented well, league. Like Marcus Smart has changed their season by the way they guarding, and he leads that. Yeah, I mean he's yeah exactly he's the best defender on the best defense I think, um, or at I mean, least one of the best defenses. It sounds like it's going to be him or Mikhail. It should, yeah. as it should. I mean, in my opinion, as it should. By the way, again, I don't want to take any credit away from Rudy Gobert. I've seen this guy literally protect the paint by himself where guards do not want to enter the paint anymore. And there's my point about maybe his blocks could be higher. The interesting thing about, around that's Rudy is that he allows you to, have, to create an entire defensive scheme yeah. around him. Where you pressure up. For example, like the Celtics can switch everything, but they can't do that just because they have Marcus Smart. They also have other good defenders that are That's capable of switching. Rudy Gobert, you can develop an entire scheme around, we're just going to take everybody off the three-point line. We're going to run at every single shooter, basically. Yeah. We're going to force you to dribble inside the arc, and we're going to force you to score at the rim. And he just sits there. And the other side of it, too, like I know everyone comes at him because you know the series he was played off the floor with the Clippers or whatever, but it's also like he also has provided a lot of those wing players a buffer an entire season and that's their scheme to 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 have him sit in the paint so now all of a sudden yeah they play small and they're shooting threes whatever he gets played off the court but like that's that's what that's he's not supposed his fault. to do yeah, yeah that's, that's not what his he's fault. supposed to do is my point 100% we were talking about i just think this is so interesting cuz you guys see this so much obviously but we were talking about this this morning how with Robert Williams in Boston they can do the same thing where you were explaining they just put him on a shooter on a non-shooter, or non-shooter. they let him hang out protect the rim and then they can switch everything it's incredible four guys I, I don't know how he you, switches too though he does switch, switch but like what they do the most like they when put him the, on the guy who's not going to be involved in the action exactly basically. a non-shooter most of non-shooter yeah. or whatever and Minnesota is a perfect example I watched that game where and they did not put him on cat. Put yeah. Grand Williams on cat on Carlton Towns, and he's also not a shot blocker. Just just roams around the pain. He like comes. He has perfect timing. So he'll guard the he'll guard the corner, and then he'll be, just be there when the shot goes up, and you don't even see him coming. Like he his presence is, to me, it's pretty impressive. I remember playing the Celtics, and I mean, obviously we were lost a lot this year since we we're a very young team. We don't really know yet what we're doing. But that that team defensively is is a different beast. Whereas you guys are totally different with someone like Bam. Well, that was actually something that I've actually been asked about in in media, in terms of because we switch so much, you can actually when when a team switches like that, you can scheme somebody out of being in the action yeah. defensively. Like for example, what sometimes when we play the Bucks. We don't want Drew Holiday guarding the ball, <laughs> you know. So we find a way to get him in the corner and guarding the guy in the corner, whatever. And it's the same thing. Like Bam is such a unique and talented defender that a scheme could be, and we've seen it throughout the course of the year. Is all right, run a dribble handoff, have him switch, and then have him sit in the corner, or have him be out of the play. And now all of a sudden, you know, the it's potential incredible. defensive player of the year or a candidate is no longer able to have his impact felt as much obviously bam still finds a way to make an impact but there, it is interesting there's stuff you guys can do though right like i've seen times this year yeah where there's other schemes you there. guys will on the back side or on the weak side you'll like switch Inver- yeah, yeah you'll invert the it, whatever and- yeah, yeah, yeah i mean like boston is they're a really good example of that um they do it really well i mean every every team actually does it that switches you just kind of fix it on the back side and 
you know, kick the smaller guy out and, and have the, the bigger guy stay as the low man or, or be in the paint. So there's ways to do it, but it's still not, it's, it's different than the traditional idea of like your biggest defender protecting the paint because so much about defense in the NBA today is about protecting the paint. Everyone wants to talk about threes, but it's still the best defenses protect the paint. Yeah, 100%. You know, like Milwaukee, they protect the paint. We talked about this the other day. Yeah. Everybody's talking about, we both talk about, it. everybody's talking about three point percentages. And Milwaukee has been winning the most games in the last four years by not solely, but like that's their main staple. Yeah. Half people shoot threes. We're okay with that as long as you're not scoring in the paint. Yeah. Take away, we'll the, take best away the best shooter. Let the other guys. And I'm pretty that, sure the Miami Heat uh, led the NBA in paint defense this year, but whatever. Wow. We're at least top three. He said, don't slander my name. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't my name. It's more than Miami Heat organization. Can't give you too many flowers. It's the name on the front, man. It's already your podcast. Can I just... All right, I have, another, I have another end of regular season award question for you. So, Defensive Player of the Year, we touched on. Scoring title. Why doesn't the scoring Great. title go to the guy who scores the most points? Total. In the season. Every That's other, a great point. Every other sport. Baseball. It's the home run leader. Football, it's the passing yards leader, the rushing yards leader over the season. If you put the ball in the basket the most over a season, you should be the scoring champion. Do you know who that is this year? Is it Trey? It's Trey Young. Trey Young. Trey Young. Trey Young. Second. Jokic. DeMar DeRozan. Wow. And then Joel Embiid. I, listen, I'm a huge believer in, especially when it comes to like availability is such an asset. Um, and, and that's what a lot of that speaks to is if you score the most per game and you play the most games, obviously you're going to be the, the scoring champion. So I, I actually yep. agree with you. I agree. This is shout out to Jack Mackey, my friend from Wesleyan, cause he sent me some of this data. We were talking, we were texting back and forth about it. And he said, since the NBA merger, there have been 11 times that the scoring champion did not score the most points in a season. Yeah, so a lot probably- of the time it is the same person. But not always. Well, not so, this year. Not this year. And before this year, most recently, it was 2016, where I think Steph was the scoring champion, 30 a game. But James Harden had scored more over the season. That's, I mean, yeah. At that point, it's also like potato, potato. They both deserve it in a way. Like, well, yeah, but being, winning a scoring title is a big deal. Is it? I think it is. If I guess when you score, tier, like, like a feather you, in the cap, for sure. It's. I mean, we again. Who this stuff doesn't really matter. But yeah, when you're talking really. about legacy and all this. stuff. Well, when does it get? I mean, scoring title is announced already. Obviously announced. And it's pure and math. People know. Yeah. But like those awards get announced when in like three months. Yeah. <laughs> I already forgot how the season went at that point. You know, That's I'm true. already like full prep mode for the next year. They should, because by the at this point, everyone could have a vote in for all this stuff. And you could give these awards out. I was, before the I'm playoffs. confused because I used to think that they came out right in this little stretch. Before yeah, the playoffs. it but used they, to be in like first playoff round. Derrick Rose and all these pictures in front of all these people getting the MVP after the second game of the playoffs or something like that. Now it's during the TNT. They do the NBA awards. Yeah, yeah. we're not, but where the player definitely knows beforehand too because it's only him who shows up. Right, right, right. So it's like not even a big deal at that point. I don't know. I just. That's a good take. We've talked about some rules we would change. I think yep. that's another one. I think the other one, which is a no-brainer, which I think you brought up earlier in the show, is that uh, earlier in the show, as in like months ago. Yeah, maybe a year ago. Is that if you shoot beyond half court as the buzzer expires, no-brainer. It should not count as a three-point attempt unless, unless it, goes it goes in. in. 
Yeah. Because it's ridiculous. Guys, do, watch an NBA game. No one will shoot behind half court before the buzzer goes that's off. That's not true. They will Some wait do it. until the buzzer goes off, and then they'll let it go. But that's also, I don't know, but like that's also responsibility of the players because you let the stats dictate your game. If, if, if that's, that's why you're not take. shooting, then you're not playing for the right reasons, I think. In free agency, I mean, I'm not a GM or a scout, but I doubt then that when they evaluate free agents, they definitely don't look at three-point attempts from behind the court. They take those out. There are metrics you can do that with. So I, I've talked to a scout and, uh, with a the Magic. They said, when we look at three-pointers, we only think, all right, this guy, what role is he going to play? We only need spot-up shots. We look at spot-up threes, whatever it is. Uh, dribble threes. We can all do that. We don't, we don't look at the number that says on your ESPN profile. Ain't nobody looking at that except for yourself. I agree with that in terms of when it's time to get a job or time to get paid, but the, it allows the media or all these other people to create a narrative that is inaccurate. But if which you, if, holds if, again, if that, yeah. but why does it hold weight? Because you let it hold weight. Well, because we, yeah, I mean, I guess we you support, guys are the media. So. As a consumer, hey, whoa, 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 as a whoa. consumer society, we, we determine what has value because that's where we put our money and eyeballs. So if we're turning on first take and giving Stephen A a platform. That's your fault for turning on first take, in my opinion. But whether or not the three of us just stop tuning in, he has a platform. That's okay. I don't care. No, you know what? But I actually he's like able your to, take. He's able to shape the opinions of the public. But that's their fault. I don't care what they think of if I shoot a mid half-court shot or not. I mean, I agree with that in a, in, a, in a great world. Yeah, nobody, you know, you don't care what anyone thinks and you focus on your own mat and you're a Zen yogi and all these things. But the I'm point not. being is, is that's, that's... I mean, look at your bookshelf. It's like the Buddha's <laughs> bookshelf over there. It's unbelievable. But it's that, to just say like, oh, well, I don't care what anyone thinks all the time. I'm not I'll, saying that. I'll be, a, I'll be human enough to admit I try to care less about what people think, but we're all human to the point where we, there is always going to be some weight in others' opinions of yourself. True, true. true. But I like, I like your take that players could just be the ones to just start launching them. And some people do. I'll give credit. I mean, some, yeah, people, some people do. do. I haven't launched a single one this year, so I, I'm a it's hypocrite. It's very rare. I'm, I'm being a hypocrite. But and look, let's just be honest. You guys are in an entertainment industry we want to see more half court shots go in true so if everyone knew this isn't going to count against me unless it goes in people would make sure to get them up and then we'd see a couple half court shots a week and it would be amazing that's a good point i guess yeah so that and scoring titles I mean, you you you'll get credit for when you make it though yeah 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 i mean or they should just be their own statistical category <laughs> of course let's yeah. just make everything a field goal percentage three point percentage half court percentage well, okay. there's, I mean, we've almost seen it. Dame one year was right. shooting like 44% from like the logo 15 feet beyond the three point line. That's All insane. right, you got to go. But yeah, that was it. Yeah, we're, we're wrapping up. Right. But is there anything else? Any, I could do this all day, guys. Any this uh, wisdom this you want to leave us with? No, I mean, dude, I'm fired up. Guys, this feels like sort of the conclusion of maybe season two. Yeah, maybe of, of some sort. So leave yeah. the room real quick. You guys make no, this emotional. No. I just, I just yeah. want to say to the long shot community, appreciate you being a part of this journey. Uh, what a journey! It's meant man. a lot, and uh, be on the lookout for a whole lot more coming your way. Yeah, we'll be back soon. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.